By the way. Yes? BMW's got a, a plethora of unique and Look awesome at you. cars. Look at you learning. This is going to be the... the Hey, pull this show. This is going to be my audition tape for uh, forever. No, keep a stopwatch going, Jake, because as soon as he says that, <laughs> theftery will come up, I promise you. The stopwatch has started. Oh, crap. Where Craig's proclamation. See? <laughs> Craig's proclamations just go in the gutter almost immediately. Classic says, BMW. Yeah, yeah, good. Because everybody's trying to figure out what to do. But there's different circumstances, right? Like Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in a different sit. They're a little bit different because they have a lot of event play. Yeah, which Made they it don't 17 have. Seventeen minutes right now. on the stopwatch. Thank you. I was about to ask you that. <laughs> By the way, I would have taken the under. So good for you, Craig. If I had the opportunity to represent my country in any freaking thing, I would. Not in the PGA Tour. I in anything. Name. If they had tiddlywinks, I'm in. If I got to represent my my country, I'm doing it. And you know what? And I'm, I'm going to do it with such vig and vigor and enthusiasm and passion. Yeah. Um, vig and vigor, not right? I'm going to say. What is it? <laughs> yeah, vim? vim and vigor. Yeah. Vim and vigor, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Vim. Yeah. Go with it. They know. Damn, Look I was on it. a freaking roll, too. They're full of Vim. I really figure. screwed that up, didn't I? Well, it was just a matter of time. What the hell's Vim? Look it up. You don't even know what it is. You're correcting me. It's like, all right. Okay, so here's the, here's the problem with the Olympics. <laughs> Crap. Uh, 91 on Wednesday, and then for Thursday through Sunday, 94-92. Not bad. And there's a lot of shit. Uh, well, nobody's going out there. So I keep were you about to say something bad? I was almost sound no. like it. No, <laughs> sound like no. It. I was almost going to say that there's a lot of shade out there. Oh, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, it was. just like how Craig was trying to say detox. Oh no, it wasn't even close, pal. <laughs> Do not put me in that category of insaneness. <laughs> there. I guess there's certain limits to me. I don't care what PETA thinks. Do I look fat in this? Why do you hate money? I love money. I like money. That's one flawed guy. Well, well, well. Good morning. It is 8.03, roughly, on Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310 The Ticket. And if it's a Saturday morning, probably got the tee box. I'm Rick Arnett. We'll get to our uh, guest here in just a few. I think it'll be a fun show today. We're at the greatness of Mini of Plano today. It's right next to Classic BMW on Spring Creek Parkway and the Tollway. And they have some deals for you that you're looking for a two-door hardtop, four-door hardtop, convertible, clubman, or countryman. Come by, and they have some excellent deals going right now. You mentioned the T-Box. You get a $500 credit towards any purchase before the end of September. So you just come in and say T-Box. 500 bucks. So who doesn't want an extra 500 bucks? And I'm telling you right now, I've reviewed enough of these minis. It is street legal mayhem fun. It's like a street legal go-kart. They're just they're just a gas. They're just they zip and you can get through anywhere and if you're looking for something a little bit smaller and a little peppier and and it's just, it'll be in your sweet spot. I guarantee if you test drive one, you'll be immediately smitten. So we'll be here till 10 o'clock today. 
And, uh, well, uh, it's also brought to you by PGA Tour Superstores, our longtime client. Love those guys. They have now four stores in the Metroplex, the newest one in South Arlington, off Cooper, off I-20. And they got one right down the road on Preston. That's their number one store in the country. And they have one in South Lake and another one up in Plano. And they still have the $20 off your first 100 and $50 off your first 250. Two separate deals. They have free bag fittings, meaning all the clubs in your bag. Not You're not getting a bag fitted. Stuff in your bag. And if you mention the tee box, you can go ahead while you're waiting, get, maybe get your grips uh, redone, which is I would wholeheartedly recommend. Not enough guys do that. Not enough women do that. It's just... It almost feels like a brand-new golf club. So while you're waiting, you can go use one of the hitting bays for a half an hour. Absolutely free. It's so cool. So check it out, PGA Tour Superstores. We have Kern out of here, Engineering. Good morning, you, buddy. Good morning. How are you? Always good to see your smiling face. It's always good to be here. Back at the station, Jay King, our, our open. He's just a magician, man. He just pulls stuff. We give, we give him the content, and he mixes it all in expert fashion. Good morning to you. He just went out of the, the studio, but this is Trey, and I'll say hi for Jay. Oh. Trey. Hey. Well, how you doing, buddy? I'm what are good. you doing there? Had me produce the, the morning show, so I'm here. Really? Yeah. Nice. Producing. We we don't have producers. This is I know. Like a new, we're like, oh. we're getting into a loftier status, yeah, I don't know. which it doesn't take much. I don't Let me know if you need one. <laughs> okay, I'm for hire. <laughs> And then I believe we have a brand new face and voice. I don't know if this is his maiden voyage, but he's going to be doing tickers twice an hour. His name is Jonathan Dodd. Good morning. So what's your quick background? Hey, guys, I'm a uh, student at UTA uh-huh. currently. But, uh, yeah, this is my maiden voyage. First morning doing tickers here on the station. Did you practice a lot last night? Oh, yeah. Very good, very good. Well, good to have you on board. I'm sure you'll do a fantastic job, and a lot of people have used the little tee box to springboard their careers. We stay in the same place. Look at Corby. But everybody else just moves up. So uh, best wishes to you, and glad to have you on board. Thank you. Okay, now, our special guest today, Craig, is away. His son, Philip, is getting married in New York. And due to COVID and all that, Stuff they're way more strict up there than we are down here. I don't think anybody's less strict than Cal- than Texas, as far as COVID. So it kind of mitigated travel plans and all that kind of stuff. So I'm here. He's there. This is his big day. Him and Amy and his son Philip. But in his stead, we had this gentleman uh, interview for our January issue. We did a confidential caddy, and he didn't mind being being named or anything else and we said nah let's make it a little more mysterious and um you know confidential or anonymous caddy or whatever you think you're going to be a little more forthright you're a forthright anyway now you might remember you might recognize his name his last name because his dad is part of well he was the originator of bob steak and chop house bob sample his name is mark sample and you caddied on tour for how many years mark I caddied for nine years between the web.com at the time and the PGA Tour. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do today, this is going to be a free-form show, and it's going to kind of mirror a little bit what we did with the magazine because I'm just going to pepper them with questions. This is going to be one big open dialogue. And I'll also recommend this. If you uh, tweet me, at Arnett Rick, and you have any questions for Mark, 
We'll be sure to put the good ones, hopefully. That's not directed to any of my friends that are listening. They're not supposed to tweet any questions. That's for the other Oh, is that people. true? Yeah, oh, well, I'm we'll see. Make I'll, a note of I'll that. mix through them. I'll mix <laughs> through them. But I think what we're going to do in the next two hours is we'll go through what's life like on the, on the tour for caddies, how do they interact with the players, what are the different players like, what's the... <sighs> What's the inside story on a lot of this stuff? What about pay, about the worst mistakes caddies make, how do you get in the business, how do you get fired, uh, all that kind of stuff. Because caddies are the untapped resource for stuff that goes on in tour. They know more and they hide more. They keep more <laughs> things secret because if you want to keep your job, what's the, what's the old adage? Show up, keep up, shut up. Yep. Right? And that's pretty accurate. Yep. That's for for the most part. If you stick to those three things, you're going to be okay. It's a time honored routine, and those that that sway off that, uh, they're usually not lasting very long. You're it's not going to see many bones, Mackays out there. You know they know what to do, and and you got to you know mix with the right player and all that. So let's get started on this, uh, and we'll start peppering questions and just going through it. And I will say it at uh, 8:50, big week leading up to the Ryder Cup. And we'll get into all that as well because I don't know what it is about the Americans, but we just we just invite drama and mayhem. And I haven't heard anything from the Europeans, and that's probably by plan. So let's get into it next as we broadcast from Mini of Plano in Plano off Spring Creek Parkway and the Tollway next on The Little Ticket. And Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. Hey, good morning. Happy Saturday to you, September 18th. Boy, this year is flying. Scary. We're at the greatness of Minia Plano today, right next to Classic BMW, Spring Creek Parkway, and the Tollway. We'll be here till 10 o'clock today. Um, we'll get into leaderboards at 8.30 because our special guest today, Mark Samble, filling in for Craig. His kid's getting married today at New York. Um, he'll know a lot of these players because this is the fall series. These are the guys that are kind of on the cusp of hopefully making big bucks or barely hanging on. And uh, this segment brought to you by the greatness of Club Corp. You can check out Brookhaven. It's, uh, they have the big membership drive. It's more reasonable than you'd think, and it has one of the most amazing resort settings I think I've ever seen for a country club. If you have kids and everything, it's just, it's like, it, yeah, it's like being at a, at a five-star resort, and they have three golf courses. So check it out at Brookhaven. Three fun golf courses. Yeah. All three of them are fun. The short course is a blast. There you go. All right. So Mark Samble caddied on tour for geez, seven or nine years. Yeah. It was, it was eight full seasons, nine years. So what most people see when they're watching TV they're, or they're going to an event in person, they see the players. That's what they're looking for. And the caddies are like they're a good man Friday. They're just... They're kind of they're there. They're an integral part of the job, but um, I think on purpose you want to be fairly anonymous, yeah, right? You're trying to blend in. You're looking to be a chameleon out there and just. You're kind of like an offensive lineman, meaning if they mention your name, you're probably screwing up. Yeah, <laughs> somehow, yeah. right? Right. You don't want to be in the news. No, no, no. So you started back in 2012. Correct. You played golf at SMU before that. What kind of stick were you? Um, I had my moments. I was a little bit of a head case, so that didn't help my cause. But 
So head case meaning did that ruin your putting, your driving, all of it? Um, it affected all of it. I would just get a little hot out there, and um, I don't know. I wasn't as dedicated as what I saw the PGA Tour players are to their uh, to their game. Low score. Uh, ever mm-hmm. was 63, <sighs> but. That was not in competition. That was at Honors Golf Course, which is where oh, now Merido is. is. Yeah, well, I guarantee you wouldn't shoot a 63 at Merido now. I have not sniffed. <laughs> shooting. I might have shot 63 on the front nine. That's what I was going to say, yeah. yeah. It's a little different track now. So when you decided to be a caddy, and by the way, you can tweet me at Arnett Rick, and we will pepper him with some questions if there's some insider information you'd like to get. He's pretty open. Mark is a very open guy. He did our caddy confidential in January, so he's out of the biz, and uh, – so, ask away, and if it uh, if it's reasonable, we'll throw it on the air. So, when you decided to be a caddy, what was the metamorphosis of that? Um, I was working here in Dallas for a little bit, right out of school, working at some golf courses, and then I ended up working for an insurance company selling hole-in-one insurance. Oh, okay. And Big business, by the way. Yeah, interesting business. Definitely was a new world for me, and lived here in Dallas and had they used to do the qualifier for the web.com event that was in Midland they used to do it in Dallas mm-hmm. because it's easier to travel to Dallas it's the way the Monday qualifiers work they're trying to make it as simple for the guys as possible and so one of my buddies was doing it here asked if I could caddy for him and then go to Midland if he made it I said yes he didn't end up making it he said he had another buddy who was in the tournament. Can I go work for him? Regardless, he needs a caddy. So I drove over there, caddied for a guy named Scott Harrington. At the end of the week, he asked if I wanted to do it the rest of the year. Kind of caught me off guard a little bit. <laughs> I thought about it on my drive home and thought, you know what? Yeah. You're young. Uh, Scott was awesome. He's a great guy. It was fun to be around for that week. Ended up working the rest of the year for him there. He kept his card on the web.com. Um it was the first year that he had kept his card mm-hmm. entirely. He had always had status, but the first year he'd finished inside the top 75, I believe. So that was cool to be a part of and get to see it. And then the next year he was on web. But Kevin got his PGA Tour card, mm-hmm. Kevin, Kevin Tway, Tway uh-huh. and asked me to come work the PGA Tour. And Scott, being the great guy he is, completely understood that. It's everyone's dream out there, sure. including caddies, to be on the PGA Tour. Who knows Tour. where you get another chance, right? Exactly. Um, and so that's how I kind of ended up in it. You get sucked in, and then next thing you know, later, you're there for seven to nine years. Yeah, and I <laughs> actually worked for Kevin for the majority of that time, and then my final year last year, the not last season, the season before that, I worked for Scott again. His he got on the PGA mm-hmm. Tour, so that was kind of like really cool, full circle deal to be able to go back and work for the guy that gave me my first opportunity and kind of showed me. I mean, really got me into the caddy world to finish my caddy career with him was cool. And he's didn't have the year he wanted last year, but his rookie year on tour was he was successful. He almost won Houston. And okay, so when Scott asked you to be his caddy, I, I'm betting there was no negotiation on on uh, salary or anything. He just said, "What did he say?" I was. 22 years old I was fresh out of college yeah I was thrilled to be out there I was I didn't know how to talk about money or anything and (laughs) dad didn't help you on that one (laughs) he he tried to there was no helping me on that one I was so uh just in a different world and Scott was great he took care of me very well for the environment um were you underwhelmed overwhelmed I mean was it because this is web.com so it's it's literally 
at the, least less than half the salary you're going to get as a PGA Tour caddy. The difference is when you first start, you think you're going to win every week. So you don't <laughs> or care. make the cut at least. You're definitely you don't even think about cuts. You're, that's you just you start thinking, well, we're going to play well. You get you. I mean, everyone knows that some kind of percentage. Let's call it ten percent. Oh well, you start just looking at them. I can make money. Yeah, mm-hmm. you sure. can. If we finish in the top, I'm in the web.com. You finish top ten every single week. <laughs> Then the caddy will very reasonable. It's right? completely, <laughs> it's complete, totally rational, yeah. right? So that's the difference. In the beginning, you think you don't look it, and then as you become, you know, a little hardened over the years, you start looking at more of the finances as let's plan on missing every single cut. Yep. And let's budget for that. Be pleasantly surprised if and you then, don't, right? And just enjoy any time you don't. And that's the, that's the evolution of the mindset. Of a caddy, as you first start, you're like, well, you, you're talking to your dad or your mom or your girlfriend or whoever it may be, and you're like, oh, well, you know, we, we're playing good. We can win this week. We're going to win. And you start counting that money. So on web.com, you're thinking, I'm going to get $10,000. I'm going to be able to pay off that credit card debt. No big deal. No right. big deal. And then you miss that cut. <laughs> you got to figure out how to get to the next event without changing your flight, but your player wants you there, but you can't afford the 100-hour change fee, so you're driving. So let's talk about this. So you miss a, miss a cut. Um, how many times – where did you stay? So you're you're on a very limited budget, and there's always the, the stories of caddies going, like, A to a, a hotel room and yeah. or, or living in their car, you know, whatever. So what did you have to do in the beginning? Um, in the beginning, I mean, you, you get – Real good at using Priceline, uh-huh. and you learn. There was definitely some times you just make some mistakes, and you end up in a hotel that you just you didn't see yourself ever ending <laughs> up in. You really didn't. On I, the bad side. Yeah. There, okay. I recall one time. Total flea bag. In, in D.C., uh, me and my buddy was caddying at the time. A friend of mine named Clint Keller. He was caddying for Paul Haley, uh, both Dallas guys, and we got to this hotel in D.C. Priceline'd it. There was no lobby. There was just a bulletproof glass window that you <laughs> went in, glass. that you checked into. Never a good sign. Guard and, dog. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, I'm like, whoa, it's late at night. So we get the room, and I'm looking at my buddy Clint. I'm like, whoa, this is uncomfortable. We run to the gas station to get some, like a case of water or something even. And there's a lot of people hanging outside this gas station. We get back to the hotel. There's more people hanging out. We get in the room. It's disgusting. We ended up thinking about like putting something against the door sure we stayed for one night and i said clint we're not staying here again tomorrow night we can't do this this is this is dangerous yeah this is just not safe and so you end up in some of those situations out there what's helped what helped a lot out there was airbnbs okay you could get you can find a decent airbnb and put enough people in it sure that you can afford it so how much when you were budgeting how bad was your diet on the road it had its moments where you, you realized looking that, for dollar I, meals yeah and, where you realized all of a sudden that you had eaten fast food every night for five nights in a week in a row and you're walking six miles the next day and for and for listeners caddies norm, normally aren't fed at the golf courses oh uh, no well no, it no. used to be no well web.com you know, or corn fairy yeah. not get they didn't they've done they've made I'm talking amazing, back in the day. Amazing, yeah. yeah. Ten years when I ago. W- when I first got out there, I was kind of right at the beginning of where the Cole Caddy world was changing. Okay. The APTC had 
was starting to develop. I remember going to the first. Like, it's almost like a caddy union type thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just an association for the caddies, but that was all developing then. And so when that started and they got all the right people involved in that, the, that whole dynamic changed. We had food, we had bathrooms, we had running water, stuff like that. Yeah, caddies back in the day were kind of a necessary evil. You know, they, yeah. they you have to do everything on your own. You're, there's five or six to a room. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get kid food anywhere. You can't go in the players' locker room. Okay. You're you're a partner, but you're not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're totally silent and everything. So, so that's kind of crazy. So, your first. We'll make this last question before we go to break. Your first experience being out there, what wowed you? What surprised you? What was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize. And this is web.com. This isn't even yeah. the creme de la creme. I mean, everybody's a stick. The amount of uh, dedication. Pull up your mic. Sorry. There you go. Uh-huh. The amount of dedication that the majority of the guys have, the, the, their work ethic, mm-hmm. even the guys that no, nobody listening knows and they never, they never hear about, they never make it, how hard some of those guys work. Um, there are some guys that are just blessed with a lot of talent and whatnot, but for the most part, it's what was amazing was the work ethic a lot of them showed, and just people don't understand you. Every single PGA Tour player is a bo- is the boss of their company. Yes, um, their little they, corporation. They run they run the entire show, and that means that we were talking about this earlier. Like they. They have all of the problems we have, but they're also running a business mm-hmm. and a, as competitive a business as any other. They're competing against whatever two hundred. Very public business. Exactly, public and highly competitive. Mm-hmm. So you add a lot of that dynamic, and and the and the the sliver edge of making it and not can be a half a stroke around a quarter stroke. I mean, it's so minute, but that stroke or whatever can make the difference of. Of cleaning up or going home. We finished 26th one year on the web.com. That same year, we finished 27th in the playoffs. And then the following year, we finished 27th on the list again. And it's top 25. Correct. Yeah. So we combined, missed by a total of four spots. Um, and you take that over a whole season? It's not a shot. It's, not, it's yeah. less than a shot. It's, Just think it's, about it. A three-foot miss putt somewhere. You're not and even thinking everybody about. has one. Kevin will tell you. I think he's, he calls it. I think it was a putt he missed in Indiana the first year. It was like a tap-in on the last hole, and he missed it. And he says that would have cost that cost him his card. I have a putt in Mexico that I don't. I believe I misread on the 18th hole that would have done it the first year. I mean, you have these things mm-hmm. that just glaring, and I mean, I, that was years ago. We've had a lot of, I've had a lot of success in my own life. He's had success, and he still remembers if you ask him. That's Tour Caddy, past Tour Caddy, Mark Samble. He'll be with us for the next hour and a half or so. We were at the Mini of Plano. That was brought to you by the greatness of Arcus Golf. They just redid uh, two of the holes out of Cowboys, number two and number thirteen. So that's good stuff out there, at Cowboys. So check that out if you get a chance. We'll get into a quick leaderboard because there's a lot of guys. This is the fall series. These are guys that are kind of on the cusp. They just got their car from the Corn Ferry Tour, and I guarantee you Mark knows about 99% of these guys. But before we do that, let's talk about the greatness of advancedplaster.com. I got my pool redone a while back. My buddy Brad is out here, and he got to see that. He saw the before. He saw the after. And I'm telling you, if everybody's migrating through the backyard for entertainment, and uh, your pool is going to be your centerpiece. And over time, you just lose track. And all of a sudden, one day you look out there and you have 
old brick and it just looks tired and and JT will go out there. JT Pierce will go out there. He'll give you the what's up on what I loved about him. He gave me some great options. He also told me what not to buy. Don't get a water feature because you don't need it. You don't need it. You don't want it. You don't want to pay for it. I said, okay, I appreciate that. And even during the big freeze when my pump went out and everything, he was Johnny on the spot making sure everything was taken care of. And that's what you want. I mean, anybody can do a good job. or The times are good when they do a good job. How do they do when there's a challenge? And JT is the best. We've sent him a bunch of leads, and they're all happy with him. So just keep the keep it going, man. It's advancedplaster.com. Advancedplaster.com. Give your pool that renovation it needs at advancedplaster.com. And Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. Hey, good morning. The T-Box out at Mini of Plano today. They have the 2022s, they have the two-doors, the four-doors, the bigger cars, the country man, the club mans. So check it all out here at Classic BMW's site because it's on the same property, Mini of Plano. 8.50, we'll dive into the Ryder Cup because that begins next week. A lot of intrigue going on, a lot of second-guessing because that's what, that's what the Ryder Cup is, right? People make decisions and everybody just slams them. Our guest this week filling in for Craig is Mark Samble. He used to be a caddy on the PGA Tours. And uh, a wealth of information. And he's I, so the time you were there from 2012 to 2000, was it 20? 19. It was almost like a lifetime. Yes. Right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it felt like it. It was. There was a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And you did have one win mm-hmm. with uh, Kevin Tway. In fact, at this tournament. Yes. They just renamed it. it. Used to be the Safeway in Napa. Now it's the Fortinet. I mm-hmm. think it's a, some software company. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Yep. So this is one of this is the first of the fall series. So they didn't have those back in the day. And so if you got your card, you had to wait to the beginning of the year. Now all these young guns or the people that recently graduated, they get a little bit of a head start because you're not going to see a lot of big-name players. This is their time to decompress or they're playing in the Ryder Cup or whatever. So when you're looking at this leaderboard, a Maverick McNeely, who, whose dad was Scott McNeely, or is Scott McNeely, started Sun Microsystems. And so, you know, he couldn't, he, they lived at Pebble Beach. His dad wouldn't allow him to play Pebble Beach until he was like 16 or 17. I mean, you're living on the course and you can't play it. That's pretty crazy. But he's doing pretty good. I think he's uh, dating um, uh, Danielle King. I believe so. Yeah, she's local. He's 12 under. So when you look at these names, Maverick McNeely, Bo Hossel used to play out of UT. Mm -hmm. He's 10 under. Mike uh, Mito Pereira, who did really well on the Corn Ferry. He has not missed a beat since moving on to the PGA Tour. No. You don't see that much. He hasn't won yet, but he's 10 under. Yeah. Troy Merritt's won before. Will Zalatoris is tie for fourth he won rookie of the year even though he didn't have enough fedex cup points to uh no he didn't he wasn't qualified he wasn't qualified he had plenty of he did have points in that that one and that was another just a glitch you know sometimes pga tour can't get in their own out of their own way yeah but if you're looking at the and then you look at bronson bragoon nine under harold varner third eight under you can't go all the way down to matt kuchar well troy merritt won but all these guys have never won on the pga tour that plays with you, doesn't it? Definitely. I mean, it makes it when you're, if you're Maverick McNeely, you're feeling a little better. 
Okay, so let me ask you this. So, you're, so you've been catting for a long time, and I always ask players this, and I think they give the ingenuous answer. You've never won before. It's your, it's it's after 54 holes. Would you rather be one shot in the lead so you have to sleep on that lead overnight and it's your first chance to win, or would you rather be a stroke behind? No, you'd rather be winning. Really? You'd rather have a 15-shot lead. Well, I know 15, but I one mean, shot, two shot, any any stroke is better. It means you can mess up a little more and still beat the guy behind you. They have to play better. I do always think it's a, it's that sleepless night because you're going to be sleepless no matter what. Okay. Bo Osler, if he's in second after today, mm-hmm. and if it, the leaderboard's the same after today, Bo Osler will sleep just as well as Maverick McNeely. Neither of them are going to sleep. Okay. So good. It's and good to know because so I always thought it's more of just you want a cushion. It's just like if you're going to go play a match with against your friends mm-hmm. and one of them somebody's better than you, you want more shots, and that's more shots. So Except right me. Now, I'm the worst at holding a lead. <laughs> <laughs> I blow more, more four-shot leads than anybody. Yeah. But so Maverick McNeely right now has a two-shot lead. That means if the first hole he makes a double and Bo makes par, then now they're tied, and, well, he's awarded that two shots he earned that two-shot lead that you'd rather have that cushion. Well, you definitely want to be in the last group. And you always want to be the way it's kind of like with the when I was talking about the twenty top 25 stuff mm-hmm. and you, the last few weeks or towards the end of the year, they start talking about the bubble people. So the guy who's 25, a lot of people will ask the same question, is the 26th guy better off because he doesn't have the pressure of, oh, I got to stay 25 right. at that last event. No. The 25 guy might think that. But number the guy who's 26 wishes he was 25, mm, and okay. the guy who's 27 wishes he was 26. Okay, because you always want to be better, and you always want to be closer to 20 that number. So if you're trying to win, if that's your goal, you want to be as close to that or as far ahead of that as you can be, in my opinion. All right, so we there's only a few names in this tournament. Phil Mickelson's playing; mm-hmm. he's tied for 24th at five under. He uh, broke his two wood. John Rahm's playing as well. Yeah, John Rahm, but he hasn't made. He, I'm going to get to that because he missed the cut. Yeah, but Phil Mickelson made the cut, but he was he was using a two wood that I he messed up the face or whatever, and he said he was hitting the most wild shots. They would either go left, right. He had no idea where it was going. He had to hit a driver off the deck through the trees, almost put it on the. He's just Phil. Yeah, and he's going to an arm lock. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, do you think that's illegal? It's not yeah. illegal. I know. Should it be illegal? Do you think it's in the, not in the spirit of the game? No, I think it, it doesn't. The the best putter has never putted arm lock, or anchored, or anchored. Right. That's that's the last gasp, right? It's more of it's more of a it's it makes for somebody who struggles with putting. Now, what I do think you're going to see eventually, there will be a number one player in the world that arm locks because what's happening now, you see guys coming out their rookie year mm-hmm. that have never putted any different. They learned that was the first putter they ever had. Right. No one playing on the PGA Tour right now, or no one who's over the age of 25 started playing, that's on the PGA Tour, started playing golf with the arm lock putter, or any anchored putter, I would be point willing to bet. And I always thought that because was they dis- didn't exist. disingenuous back in the day when, when kids were kids, Keegan Bradley, Webb Simpson, all these guys... They grew up with anchored putting. Oh, no. Was, Webb Simpson putted was one of the first that did, because I remember. Not, he, yeah, Keegan But they did. didn't grow. That's what I'm saying. They transitioned when it became, when it started becoming mm-hmm. very popular. 
But now what I'm saying is like some of these college kids, like I don't know when, how long Will Zalatoris has putted with a long putter, but more of his life has been putting with a long putter than Keegan Bradley grew up. Okay. When he was okay. 5 to 20, he didn't putt with a long putter. Well, that, uh, well actually, learned. none of it really changed until uh, Anchored Putters won, like, I don't know, three out of five majors. Yeah. And then they said, well, this is this right. is cheating, right? Right. Even though. And look who did that, though, is Webb Simpson and Keegan Bradley, two guys that did use it for a long time. And yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what's going to be a little bit interesting to see is over time now, being that these kids have used them since their first day on a golf course is what I'm saying. Like. Most people, first day on a golf course, their dad or mom hands them a putter that's 30 inches, really short, or mm-hmm. they grab their, and they slap it around. Mm-hmm. Well, imagine if the first thing that was put in your hand was, here, you put this in your belly, yeah. and you do it. You're going to get better than the guy who picked it up at 25. Sure, sure. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but I don't see, it doesn't make, you're never going to see the best putter go and be like, well, I want to try, see if I can get better by going arm lock. It's a... It's, it's the last for, resort, right? Kinda. Yeah, or it's an option if you're struggling, just like if you're a good chipper, you don't go see a new chipping coach. So how many uh, – John Rahm did miss the cut. He said he was not feeling good this week. In fact, he said he felt worse than when he had COVID. And uh, so he gets a couple days off, gets be ready for the Ryder Cup, and it's probably a good thing. Yeah. He doesn't need the money and doesn't need the extra time out there. I'm surprised he even played. But some people like playing into – either majors or or whatever right yeah definitely just to stay sharp so when you're catting for like like i'm looking at ches reevee shoots mm-hmm. a 65 the first day 75 the second day when do you uh, so when you're on the range with your with your player how many times are you surprised by either he's just strike it's a stripe show and then he gets on the first tee and all hell breaks loose or it's the other way he can't hit a can't hit a lick on the range and he winds up shooting lights out it's happened much yeah you learn to really not even put much you don't invest much into the range session some of the best range sessions end in the worst days because you get this if they don't miss a shot they can walk out there and feel like oh this is going to be great and have too much expectations can be bad in golf do you ever come close to missing a tee time not really no kevin was pretty good about it for the most part and i mean golfers in general there there was i we always when I worked for Scott and Kevin, anytime we'd hear about something like that, it was just kind of baffling to us. Like, that's not the golf way. Kind of like this morning. Like, I showed up, but uh, I'm going to be early. Right. Most golfers are going to be early. If you schedule a meeting with a golfer, for the most part, they're not going to be late. And that's why, because you can't show up late to a tee time. Golf's hard enough. You don't need to start off two shots worse. So when you're on the range with these guys and with your player, how many times are you uh – uh being a gopher because some players tweak their clubs incessantly they need a new grip they need are you the one running to the to the equipment truck definitely i mean if you got a good enough player the equipment guys are coming to you making sure your guy's good so you don't have to run and get it but it, for the majority of the guys it's hey mark go run and uh tell them i need this in three different lofts and this and that and so what ends up happening is the equipment guys get frustrated with you because you're just you're just the middleman, yeah, and trying to get something that's really important right with a lot of moving parts. But yeah, you end up running back and forth, and it's certain guys tinker a lot more than others. Um, Did I your saw, guys tinker much? No, um, Scott. Scott when he Harrington. got on tour, the PGA tour, he, he was 
on web for a while and they don't have as many resources out sure. there and when he got on the PJ tour his coach and I were trying to push him to hey take advantage like it sounds dumb but like, go go in the truck mm-hmm. and go talk to these guys cuz you're smart they're really smart they've got all now you have these resources if you want to compete against these guys you better utilize every resource you got so use the physio guys use the equipment trailers that you wish you had on I was watching golf channel um, you have to teach these this guys. This week, and one of the kids, that, or I say kids, one of the younger <laughs> rookies on tour was like, you know, one of the coolest things was I got to the range and I grabbed my bag of balls. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's Your specific the, yeah, and that's brand. A, that's a, but people don't realize, that's a benefit. That's a, That makes his job easier because now on the range, he can see how far that golf ball is going. And that's the correct golf ball he plays. That's what he's going to use on the first hole. Did they not do that in Corn Ferry? No, they have Titleist golf balls. Okay. The two types, uh-huh. um, from my understanding, or I think it's Titleist. It was when I was there. But they don't have 15 brands. Mm-hmm. They have You can pick red or black. Um, and so those type of things, you have to use all those resources and get in. But <laughs> there's you know the guys on the range that are tinkers, and they're everybody on tour knows them. They've always got six drivers and crazy stuff i mean were you glad by the way we're talking to mark sample he's um he's filling in for craig today past pga tour and corn ferry caddy were you always glad that you didn't caddy for like a a vj singh who's going to be there till dark every night you know, just being a range rat yeah, yeah. When, you're, <laughs> when you're leaving when you're leaving and you know you can go uh go belly up to the bar and you're looking at your buddy i mean you get to be friends with everybody and there was definitely a res- lot of resentment went from some guys. You could see when they look at you and you're grabbing their bag, your player's bag, and walking off, and they know it's like they're in timeout. Here. I'm right. gonna be here for another three hours, and you're going home, and you didn't get here till two hours after me. Uh huh. I mean, you watch some of those guys now. Like I said, the most impressive part is the dedication. Yeah. We played with Sung J M in Napa the year we won on Sunday. Actually, I thought... Seems he, to play about every week. Well, that was his first yeah. tournament. I don't know if that was his first PGA Tour event, but that was his rookie year on the PGA Tour. So I didn't know who he was at the time. But let me tell you something. Since that day, that man has worked harder and played more golf than anyone I know. He didn't have a house for a long time. His no. house was whatever hotel he was staying in that week. I remember his caddy, Brian Branish, at the time, uh, told me he ta- they got him to take a week off during that year yeah and i think that his agent set him up in like a nice hotel in new york well like the whole deal one week i think he lasted like 36 hours and he called his agent or somebody and said i need i'm going over here can you call i want to play golf. i'm not staying here i don't want to stay <laughs> he didn't have any in, that's what he loves he loves golf and that's why he's so good he that's all he wanted to do. He, he doesn't want a week in New York. Yeah, he's totally dedicated. What's he going to do with a week in New York? He wants a week on the range. Find him somewhere the sun's up for all of an entire week. They're that's, all built differently, that's right? That's vacation for him. Uh, that's Mark Sample, PGA Tour caddy. And uh, we're here at Mini of Plano. That was brought to you by the Texas Junior Golf Tour. There's people on the Texas Junior Golf Tour that have migrated to the PGA Tour. Patrick Reed. Definitely one of them. Will Zaltoris played a little bit of that. It's, it's good stuff. So if you want to get your kid involved, play everything down, play by the rules, and see if they have not only the talent but maybe the desire might lead into some college money. So you never know. It's TexasTJGT.com. All right, up next, from Minia Plano, let's get into this Ryder Cup because there's a lot of swirling stories going around. We'll try and decipher it all next on The Little Ticket.
on Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Ticket. The Cornerstone Club in Colorado near Montrose Airport and about 40 minutes from Telluride. That's the place you want to look if you want to get out of town. By a lot. I think memberships are only about ten grand, and that covers everything, and it is superb. CornerstoneClub.com. We have Mark Samble. He is filling in for Craig today. And if you're not familiar, you know the last name Samble. That's Bob Samble's son, and he played at SMU. He was a caddy for seven years on tour, and a wealth of knowledge, and he's very open to uh, answer just about any questions. So if you have some uh, Inquiries you want to throw at us, uh, at Arnett Rick on Twitter, and we'll see if we can uh, put those on the air. Let's get into the Ryder Cup here because we're a week away. I'm normally geeked like crazy for the Ryder Cup. And I'm not sure. I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know what's going on. It just seems a little subdued. I know that everything will be ramping up this week. But... um, I don't know what it is about our teams, but it reminds me of uh, what you say about the Boston Red Sox when they had a lot of internal strife and everything. When they arrived at, at the ballpark, it was in 25 cabs. And this, that's what our team always seems like. It's like 12 different corporations. They have to do team play. They're not wild about it. Brooks Kepka is intimated. He goes, nah, okay, I'll show up. And Paul Azinger hammered him. And if you don't want to be here, don't be here. Somebody else will take it. I promise you. Mm-hmm. But the European team has been quite as a church mouse. Have, haven't heard anything, and I think that's by design. Don't cause any headlines. Be the underdog. They're way underdogs on this. And all they do is win every year, every time. Um, they did the captain's picks. We got six. They got three. Patrick, Herring- Patrick Harrington, the cap- captain for Euros, only wanted three for some reason. I, if I was the captain, I think I'd want twelve. But you want you want your job to be harder. Why not? I mean, at least you can pick the team you want because you can. T- there are certain guys that played well enough to get on the Ryder Cup team. They automatically qualify the top six, but the course doesn't fit their game at all. Maybe, maybe the long, if you're a long bomber, whistling straights will. If you're playing over Valderrama in Spain. Where they made everything tight, not so much. So it would be nice if if they could do that. I wonder how many captains would do that. Would pick the entire team. Just saying? pick the entire team. I mean, if you've I earned think, it, you're owner. You know, you get it. Yeah. No, I mean, I like what America does. I think that half and half is good. But I mean, you make it. I think, like I said, kind of kidding that if you picked all twelve, then the captain's a hundred percent responsible for the success of the team. You know, he chose those the twelve guys on the team. Whereas with Podrick this year, he's got he's only responsible for three people. The other nine, they they're the ones that were they earned the right to be there. They're supposed to be good. That's why all the numbers add up. They get to be there. Okay, let's talk about captain's picks, and we'll we'll go through them again. We got six. They got three. <clears throat> Noling up posted this on Twitter, and I thought that was interesting. Going back to nineteen ninety nine Ryder Cup U.S. qualifiers. These are guys that are automatically made it, they win 44% of the time. 44%. The captain's picks, 47%. European qualifiers, 54% won. Their captain's picks, 59%. So this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but 
you know, you think the qualifiers are playing probably the best ever, and and uh, it it just shows it's not necessarily the case. And here's the other stat that got me: Sergio, well, go ahead. Don't you think it shows too that it they're very similar? That these captains' picks, they're not like they're picking. It's not like I got the call. Right, right. <laughs> you know, we're talking Scotty Scheffler. People are saying maybe a stretch or Harrison. No, these guys are playing really good golf. I mean, Scotty's been playing unreal since he got on tour. Daniel Berger's had the best two years of his mm-hmm. career. He's rekindled that what he had when he first started. Harris English has won what three times this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these guys, they're they're no schlubs like they're they're and so th- i think that's why they're all close because it's really not that big a deal you give me the top 40 mm-hmm. they're very close it's razor thin the margins it's back to who wants to be there and i think paul Isinger is right if somebody doesn't want to be there that's fine don't be there because the next guy's just as good as you yeah and i'm surprised i know brooks that we were talking about this off off air about this whole player impact program and and everybody's being measured by social media and how many Google hits they get and so on and so forth. And sometimes I wonder if it's all WWE and and Brooks Kepka is just lighting a fire because that's what it's going to take to make his $8 million bonus so he doesn't go over to the rival league over in Saudi Arabia or whatever. Um, I thought this was an interesting stat. So Sergio has been playing this thing forever. And well. He's got 25.5 points in Ryder Cup. The entire U.S. team combined, 25 and a half. Wait, what? The entire team, the entire U.S. team. Oh, 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 okay. Only has the same amount of points. No, but you're, that's a credit to Sergio mm-hmm. and a little bit of the the young, I think a credit to how young our team is. I don't think that's a negative on either side. You know you know what I'm trying to say? Like sure. Our team, if you look at it, I was looking at it this morning. We're all sitting here. The only person on the team that's old, not we're older than everybody, even including myself. Yep, you're in older your low 30s. Th- other than Dustin. Dustin's the only player on that team. Yeah, I'm older than everybody on that team besides yeah. Dustin. Yeah, so they haven't played in a lot, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're, really, they're too young. And the Phil and Mickelsons are bye-bye. Tiger's not playing. And Sergio's played in what? Like a million. Ten? Yeah. He 11, Westwood. Like a, he's, he's top. I yeah. think he's had the most matches. So it's like it's it's it very interesting, but it's a credit to both, I think, more than a down to either. The other thing is uh, Bryson DeChambeau is going to play in a – he's going to enter the long drive contest. Mm-hmm. Kind of an interesting bit. Yeah, I mean, I he's cool. not, if he finishes top 15, he'll be ecstatic. You know, those guys – all you have to do is get one in the yeah. grid. As opposed to you got to dial stuff in on a on the tour events, but he was training so hard he messed up his hands. His hands now hurt. I'm thinking, what are you doing? He's you know? fine. Yeah. Yeah. You ever, if you stand next to the guy, you can. He's he's tougher. It, yeah, he's got some blisters. He'll have some tape on his hands. He'll be fine. Right. And if it bleed, it might bleed through the glove, and they'll make a big deal about it. But I'm telling you, Bryson's going to go out there and grip the club how he knows he has to, whether it hurts or not, and he's going to swing it the best he can. And he wouldn't have done it if he thought it was truly going to be detrimental to the Ryder Cup. He wouldn't have no chance. Well, here's what I worry about, because I know, and this is what makes makes me crazy about Bryson. So I've learned a while back. I just I don't take practice swings anymore. Unless it's like a del- weird chip, and I'm trying to figure out the line and everything, he takes full-on 
practice swings with his driver, like three or four mm-hmm. before every drive. And I'm thinking at the end of the brown, you just got to be toast. And, and, I mean, he's he's uber, you know, healthy yeah. and in shape and everything. I don't get it. No, I mean, But no. he doesn't do it on his iron shots. Yeah. Well, I think driver, some of it is he's it's the his speed mentality that mm-hmm. you can't, you have to get. You'll see it and watch the long drive. I don't know this. I'm not speaking with any insight, but watch. He's going to. He's getting himself jacked up. There's physical things he's doing when he's taking those practice swings. Like you said, he mm-hmm. doesn't do it on the irons because he's just trying to re- reach a certain speed on irons. Driver, there's no limit for what speed he's trying to reach. True. So if he can maximize it by taking a few extra practice swings and, like you said, harder practice swings than anybody else, and you're 100% right, the majority of tour players, if they took the practice swings he did on the tee box oh, as hard be, as he did, yeah, be, be they'd be toast exhausted. after nine holes. I tell my <laughs> friends that I play golf with all the time, don't take practice swings, one, because I want them to hurry up because they're going to hit it in the woods anyways, but also because you're going to be t- more tired if you take two practice swings every single shot and you hit it 100 times. Now you're going to swing 300 times. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell amateurs that all the time. Don't just – usually your practice swing is going to be your best swing anyway. Yeah. Typically. Um, so when you're playing, when your player is, is teamed up with a with a Bryson or somebody or a Cameron Champ or just somebody that's, I mean, there's long and then there's ridiculous, even on the PGA Tour, does your player even look at the sight lines, these the shot lines these guys are using? Because Bryson, I mean, he's going over trees and stuff that yeah. nobody in their right mind would ever try. It's more what people don't realize is that as amazed as me and you are by some of this stuff, when it's an outlier type guy, a guy mm-hmm. like Bryson, or we put, I remember playing with Cameron Champ in Vegas um, a few years, I don't remember what year, one of his first years on tour, and I was catting for Kevin still, and Kevin hit it really far. And Cameron Champ took this line on a par five that they were talking about this tree, and I kept looking at Kevin. I mean, when he hit it, I thought it was OB by 20 yards. He was on the left edge of the fairway and had a nine iron into a hole that Kevin was hitting five iron, four iron. And these players are actually intrigued. They think it's cool. They they like to see Bryson take these crazy lines. It's it's fun. Everybody's seen Everybody's what, a fan, right? Whether you're a player or if just If you a, love golf, you love watching different types of golf. So whether it's the guy who hits it really short, I mean, I saw Peter Malinati's on the – he doesn't hit as short as he used to. But, like, he's fun to watch. As a golf fan, like, or as a golf player, I think you you respect – He strategizes more. The different types. So yeah. he might have to curve it around this tree. That's fun to watch just as it is to watch Bryson hit it 100 yards over the tree. It's just a different – and so I think there's a lot of times that, like, you're asking what do players think about it, like, when they see this kind of stuff. They're, they get geeked out. It's cool. It's like, whoa. This okay, is but cool. having said that, How Mark, do I do this? We're talking to Mark Sample. He's filling in for Craig today. He used to be a tour caddy for seven years. And how much is a play? So when you're distance deficient compared to some of these guys, and I've heard guys, even Rory said, you know, as long as he is, it got my head when I've seen what DeChambeau's doing, and I try to even hit it farther, and it's usually diminishing results. Mm-hmm. So do you have to calm down your player not to swing extra hard? And Yeah, it's it's just like in any business. You see the guys being successful, and you just immediately want to just do exactly what they're doing. And sometimes it can take away from what you're 
your strengths are going to be. Not everybody's strengths are the same, especially in golf. So, but it's easy to get caught up in it, right? Very, yeah, and like Rory said, he did get caught up in it. And he, then he realized this isn't going to be, it's going to be, that won't help my game. And it, so, you, I mean, you see it a lot. You just get caught up because of the excitement. And when you see somebody do it successful on the PGA Tour, the success is so large. And golf so much failure. The yes. majority of time is spent failing. You don't win very much. And then when you see somebody like Bryson who all of a sudden wins a bunch in a row and it's all contribute, everyone's pointing towards it because he's smashing it, smashing it. Well, I driver think wedge, driver wedge. Well, I think wedge. you're kind of, you're being dumb also. You're being dumb if you completely try to go do what Bryson does, but you're also being dumb if you're trying to run a business and you don't look into why yeah. is this guy being more successful. Well, he's more successful because he gained 50 pounds he looks like a doorway he's <laughs> he he's i mean all these michelin things. baby so you learn and you're like okay well what of those things could i do that might work for me that have helped him also and you you can't do it all well Some, and the tour is is by and large a copycat mentality yeah i mean brooks did it before bryson yeah brooks got when he got hurt all of a sudden he came back and i remember seeing him and he, i mean he was he was yeah he looked like macho man even more than Bryson because of the way he filled out, just body types. He was like the kind of guy, like, if you saw, you kind of scooted over. Mm-hmm. And no one, everyone now kind of forget. Like it's, So but then Bryson saw that, and Brooks did that at Oakmont. That was incredible what he did. That was probably the the most anticipated win on tour that anyone like amongst the guys, caddies, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that may or may not have put a wager on Brooks that week, and he was bad odds. You, you don't bet golf when right. somebody's six to one, eight no. to one. No, and he was, and I know a lot of people that took him that week because of what his strength and all that. And then Bryson took, copied that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. People, and Bryson did it with more of the long drive mindset. But my argument, my thing to that is. That's smart as well. He's running his company, seeing that it's possible to hit a golf ball 400 yards. And it's underrated that he's actually turned in a Bryson turned in a really good putter. Mm-hmm. That made a big difference too. Okay, that's Mark Sample. He's XPGA Tour caddy. He's filling in for Craig this week. We're at Mini of Plano today, and that was brought to you by the City of Arlington Golf Courses, Tierra Verde, T- Texas Star, and Lake Arlington, all within everybody's budget and skill level. Check it out, City of Arlington Golf Courses. More writer stuff, and we have a couple of interesting questions from Twitter for Mark Sample. But before we do that, let's talk about PGA Tour Superstores, our lead sponsor. We appreciate them muchly, and they have four stores in the Metroplex. They have one in Arlington, the newest one. They have one in South Lake, near me. They have two up here in Plano, and they just rock. I mean, I've said this ad nauseum. If they don't have it in golf, you don't need it. They have, every time I go in there, it's like a kid in a candy store. Where am I going to spend my money here or there? And here's the beauty. If you listen to the tee box, we're going to save you some money right off the top. You buy something. It's not Ping, FootJoy, or Titleist. That's map pricing. Anything else. You go up to the register. You spend 100 bucks, You save 20 It's only 80 bucks for your first 100 spent. Separate deal. $50 off $250. So... You spend 350 bucks there by range finders. That's 350 dollars. I mean, that's a uh, uh, yeah, 70 bucks. <laughs> you do the math. I it's think a, about it's that, good, right? It's good savings. <laughs> so 
They also have club fittings. Uh, and if you sign up for it, it's usually $150 value. If you sign up online, put in the tee box, you'll get that for free. Um, and while you're waiting, maybe get your clubs regripped. You can use one of their hitting bays for a half an hour. Absolutely free because of our relationship with them. Tee box, PGA Tour Superstore. So check it out. Four locations, and they also have some, and uh, they're going to have a new one down in the Hill Country soon enough. So check it all out. It's PGA Tour Superstores. We love them a long time. And, again, if they don't have it, you don't need it. In Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. Hope you enjoyed the presentation as much as I've enjoyed listening to Mark Samble give his insights, PGA Tour caddy. And um, we'll get into more stuff here for the next, uh, about the next half hour, then we'll mix with Country Forest. We're at Mini of Plano today, right next to Classic BMW, Spring Creek Parkway and the Tollway. They have all the models out. And I'm, trust me, if you drive one, you'll think you've become a kid again. It's like street-legal go-karts. They are, they're just a blast. So check it out here at Mini of Plano. If you even just mention the T-Box when you do test drive and you buy a car, they'll take 500 bucks right off the top. Why not? I'll take 500 bucks off anything. All right, so Mark Samble here, PGA Tour caddy, and we're, t- we're talking a little about the Ryder Cup. So let's bring into, I, I don't know what's going to happen. But my whole goal when I watch sports these days, I hate routes because I want to be entertained, and routes just bore the heck out of me. I'd, I'd rather see a one, I'd rather see the Americans win by one shot. Or even lose by one shot. Yeah. It's just you want to see a competition. Then where the singles are just, it, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. So I'm looking at the intrigue on the other side. Who handles the force? And I, I, I wish they would come up with a different name for foursome, uh, for alternate shot and best ball. Why do they call foursomes and four ball? Nobody knows what the they heck they mean. It, it makes it absolutely. Four balls mean all four balls are in play. Foursomes just means alternate shot. I don't know where foursomes came from. Yeah. And they always play the morning sessions. Typically is uh, best ball, I believe. And then the afternoon is nut cutting. Because yeah. alternate shot, if you want to find out who you mesh with and who you don't, do alternate shot. Alternate shot is a very difficult format oh when you God. add any pressure. And I can't ima- I've never been a part of a Ryder Cup, but I can only imagine the pressure. We've played in the Zurich uh, the team, team format. Uh-huh. And you play alternate shot in that, and you get to pick your partner out of the selection still so you pick your buddy so yeah we always or who you're saddled with because you can't find it's like exactly. it's like sadie hawkins dance <laughs> yeah, right exactly. nobody's only this guy's left yeah but you're yet to it's like we pick we always played with kelly craft when i was working for kevin and they were best friends so that was pretty easy the dynamic was great but there's still this pressure and but if somebody's shot, not playing I, well and they put their their Andrew, drive leaves you in the weeds every time yeah and you're playing for your country and the media's on you about you not wanting to be at the Ryder Cup and mm-hmm. all, all add it all up. I can't imagine the pressure of alternate shot in a Ryder Cup. That's got to be a, another level. So you know a lot of uh, caddies that were that were that actually caddied at the uh, at the Ryder Cup. What yeah. were some of their impressions? And I I always hear and I've read and seen the first tee is just like the, the toughest golf shot in the history of ever. Yeah, I mean I've from what the guys I've talked to, I've got to know Jimmy Johnson who caddies for Justin Thomas mm-hmm. and a few of the other guys that have been on both sides of the European team or American team. And it's interesting because the caddies embrace more of like whatever, what most of the media and the public wishes the U S would like, they like the, the team aspect. It's finally cool. You've got, you got buddies out with everybody. And for a caddy, it's like half the fun of the whole deal is like 
the event, like flying there mm -hmm. with the team, the team event, like that's cool for a caddy. We don't get to fly private like these guys and get to hang out with all the your buddies and mm -hmm. everything taken care of. So the caddies see it a little differently, but the pressure I've heard that first tee is another level. There's going to be 40,000 people in the gallery on the first tee. All American. Mostly. Probably not all. No, most people not in America can't get in America. Oh, that's true. But you can still be a transplant before oh, yeah, COVID. They'll right. still be European There's, fans. But it will be significantly yeah. diminished. Definitely a home field we advantage. We are very lucky it's here, not over there, because we would struggle even more uh -huh. than yeah. they'll struggle. But that's going to be interesting. I can't imagine. It would be the coolest thing. It really it would have to be. I've always, I mean, there's some things in sports I've said think winning the stanley cup and getting mm -hmm. to skate around in sure. your home to, in your home home ice i think that would be top shane lowry when he won the british open a couple years back that was that event when all those people mm -hmm. same kind of thing Forty thousand just cheering for you that's got to be another level and from what i've been told by players and caddies most of the players that i've heard anything just like everybody else has heard you know it's a Phil Mickelson telling the young guy, telling Keegan Bradley, get up there and just smash it. Mm -hmm. And the reason he's saying that is because you can't, you can't. There's nothing else you can think about. You're, you're, you're screwed. Uh -huh. Just hope you hit the middle because <laughs> you're gonna swing harder than you've ever swung, and there's no telling what's gonna happen. But just everyone's shaking. Any of the caddies admit that their players just completely cratered because they couldn't handle the pressure? Oh yeah, and I think. After the fact, there's plenty of players that'll tell you. I've I've was good. I'm good friends with Colt Nost, and he played in uh, Walker Cup. Uh huh. And this he, is the amateur yeah, Ryder Cup and Kelly Craft. Mm -hmm. uh, he played, so I've heard their stories of that a lot more than Ryder Cup stories. And but they're similar because you're just a younger version, so you don't know the Ryder Cup yet. But Colt, I believe, played with uh, Dustin in his first match, and it was over there. And Colt hit the first tee shot, I believe, and he said he's never hit a ball that far in his life. <laughs> At least he hit it. Yeah, exactly. He said that he didn't wasn't sure he was going to hit it, and all of a sudden he looked up and it was smoked. And it's like that's the kind of stuff that these guys are so good. They're nervous. They get nervous like me and you, but they're better physically than me. Yes, and you. they have more skill and they're nervous. Yeah, right. And so they are shaking just like me and you would. They're almost puking. They may. I, I'm sure there's stories of guys that did puke. Mm-hmm. And they get up there and smash it right down the middle because they're the best in the world at what they do. So, given all these guys on these teams, you have a uh, prediction. I think America wins. I think the young. Have you said this before? Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Checking. Probably every year. <laughs> but I think the captains play. <laughs> I think you look at the captains, though, the, the captains are good are strong for us. I think everyone respects them. I think the Bryson Brooks thing is way overblown and they're 30, they're 30 year old men and it's a, it's a media driven. You don't want to hear that. Would you piece. put, would you put Bryson in, in the foursome or alternate shot? Would you want to be paired with him in an alternate shot? I think Stricker should just put Bryson and Brooks together first match. Just them two. You know what? That would and, be some and, headlines. And, and they they can stand on opposite sides of the tee box and never and don't have them speak the entire time and they'll go win because they're two of the best players in the world. Interesting. And they they won't want to lose. 
And and they can say after, well, it, you don't have to talk in golf. It's about hitting good golf shots, and these two grown men understand that. And the people that want to make it into more than golf and make it into some type of rating so that mm-hmm. they can make $10 well, That's what it is. It's headlines, right? Right, and they're going to make money off of it, which is great for them. Good. But what they care about is how they hit the golf ball, and that's what they – that's how – that's what's keeping them up at night is whether they played bad that day. It's not whether Bryson made fun of Brooks for not having abs or vice right. versa. Like, I promise right now. Brooks, so what are the chances Brooks of that is at happening? Brunch. Brooks is at brunch with Jenna, and Bryson's on the range somewhere. <laughs> Neither of them are thinking about each other, and they're both just trying to do what's best for their golf game. God, what are the odds of that happening? Very little, but I of course it's it. very little. But man, it would be must see TV, wouldn't it? It'd be great. Or if they got out there, what would be even better if they got out there, they played together, and they just acted like me and you going out to like all play. chummy, yeah, hanging out, fist bumping, going, what? What? fist bumping, getting the crowd going. Uh-huh. Just, oh man, that'd be great. You know, it's already a spectacle, yeah. but that would just ramp it up to twelve. That's Mark Sample, PGA Tour caddy, getting his insights on what's going on in the world of golf. We got some uh, questions from uh, listeners via tweet at Arnett Rick. A couple, one of them is definitely interesting. One has to do with live betting and why Mark seems this is going to be a smoking gun that's going to blow up in everybody's face. And we'll talk about that next from Mini of Plano. And Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Ticket. All right, 9.35 on The Ticket. Segment left from many of Plano today. Appreciate everybody listening. Hope you enjoyed it. I love the insights of uh, somebody that's in the trenches. Mark Samuel caddied on the tours for seven years. Had one win with Kevin Tway at the, used to be the Safeway Open up in Napa. Now it's the Fortnite, what they're playing this week. And we're talking about a whole bunch of stuff for, uh, you know, Ryder Cup and just insights. And, and I thought it was a pretty interesting idea. If you really wanted to mess with the Euros, start off with Brooks and Bryson together, paired up. I think that would be really cool. Thank you, sir. Um, so one of the questions is, and let's talk about this whole live betting bit that can come up. And you're real nervous about it because when all of a sudden, anytime there's money involved with anything, the PGA Tour wants to get on board with DraftKings, and they want to do live betting on, you know, you can bet whether John Rahm's going to hit the fairway or put it in the left rough, right rough. Again, you, there's no limit of what you can bet on, right? Mm-hmm. just matters on the payout. Um, but if you're doing it live in the gallery, how easy it is to sabotage somebody over a putt. You say, Noonan, you know, and if he misses it, you're you're cashing in. Yeah. No, it's... And it's the players the, talked about that. Oh, yeah. No, it's the biggest fear. It's why it's not implemented yet. Because, trust me, Vegas wants it. Sure. A little uh, more handle. Yeah. But the tour hasn't, I don't think, has figured out how they can do it. it did, the contact, I mean, you're close. I mean, they're having, it's, it came up recently. I was, I mean, there's a lot of talk just about the environment at a PGA Tour event. And with all these fans yelling and it, they're starring in their own movie now, whether it's inappropriate stuff or even if it's not inappropriate, if it's just, uh, you know, cheering in the right way, it, it affects golf more than it does some of the other sports because of the proximity of the fans and the environment that golf's played, which is quiet. 
Gotcha. I mean, it's why we talked about this earlier. It's why Tiger, part of his dominance, it, it helped his dominance because he was the only guy used to playing in the environment he played in. Mm-hmm. And so anybody who got thrown into his environment had to adapt to it. It'll be the same with the betting that it's going to be a whole new environment. There's going to be people out there with a di- out there for a different reason. Not everybody watching a golf tournament, just like if you go to a basketball game, is there to watch golf. But if you add live betting, now you're going to have people that are that are not there to watch golf at all. They're, nope. to, they're there to live bet. They're there, they're at a casino. They have another agenda. They're at a casino to make money, and they're going to directly impact somebody else's life <laughs> and somebody else's team's life. Because yep. I'm going to have a real hard time if I'm caddying for Scott or Kevin. And it happened at Torrey Pines once with Scott. We were with, There was like four people around. And this guy, it really seemed like he made a noise when Scott was going to putt this three-footer. Mm-hmm. And Scott missed. And it was 100. I saw him flinch. It was silent. And then this guy made a noise. If that kind of stuff happens, that impacts our lives. And even if you throw the guy out, maybe he won the bet. Well, what does he care? There's yeah, no ramifications maybe, to the fan. Yeah, maybe he gets arrested. It doesn't yeah. matter if you can put 50000 on it. Okay, <laughs> right. arrest me. I'll get my buddy's going to bail me out. I already gave him the five grand, and I'll deal with it. <laughs> it's, people don't think about the impact it has on others. That The caddy, if you do it on the last hole, and it means you finish second instead of first, you just cost the caddy mm-hmm. money, just like the player just and the coach that – Everything, the integrity of it all is really. I don't know how you do it. I really don't. I don't envy the guy. Who I guess has you to, don't. You know, you I just have you to don't. because you can't give people nice right. things if they can't play nicely with them. No, we yeah. prove that here all the time. That we, we yeah. can screw up a good thing in a hurry. All right, so um, one bad person. One of the listeners tweeted in. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan Fanning. Ask ask Mark to tell maybe a few stories on how far women go to get with the get with or get the attention of tour players during their rounds. Um, Pretty aggressive, I bet. <laughs> yes, uh, thanks Ryan for the question. <laughs> um, uh, the it depends what tournament you're at. I mean, you go to Phoenix. Yeah, talk about Phoenix. Phoenix. So that's a whole different ballgame. Phoenix is a different animal, and it's. It's fun once a year, and it's fun for a lot of different reasons. And I've worked it plenty of times. I've been uh, fortunate or unfortunate enough to miss the cut a couple times when working and getting to spend the weekend out there, not inside the ropes, but outside the ropes. And it's you see some crazy stuff there. I mean, people are partying. So you see the same thing you see at a bar, but there's just a guy behind You got Dustin Johnson behind the bar playing golf. So what's it like walking out to that 16th tee box? It's pretty cool. The first time you do it, it's you're. I mean, I got goosebumps. You're, it's it's you're amped up. It's you're in an arena all of a sudden, and you're hitting 160 to or 150 to 180 yard shot, and it's about as it shouldn't be that difficult, but it is, and it's because all those people are yelling, but. There, there's constant noise in there, so it's not as, it's a little different than like the betting aspect where somebody yells at somebody. This, it, Phoenix, if somebody yells, you don't hear them because everyone's kind of yelling. Mm-hmm. So that's why it works that week. But you see, 
like any i mean you see all the funny stuff people throwing themselves at i mean you see guys and girls that just want to be involved in you know the celebrity as the athlete there mm-hmm. it's people idolize these guys and um you see some funny stuff and it's fun some of the guys are fun to be in groups with and see how they interact and play with it too. Look, we're trying to, ha- we're out there for five, six hours. Sure. We're having fun too. Yeah, it's not, it's not all just like, you know, the CEO of AT&T, although his job is high stress and everything, I'm sure there's times in the office he's having a good time and sure. enjoying being there, joking around and messing with the fans. And those are the guys that everybody loves. You look at Phil Mickelson, why he's such a fan favorite is because he interacts and he looks like he has a good time, but he's also serious. And so I asked you, I, I put out a couple of questions uh, prior, and I asked you what the greatest golf record in your mind was. Mm-hmm. And yours was? Easily Tiger's consecutive cuts. 142. Yeah, there's no, I don't, you don't, if somebody thinks there's a better stat. I think I, of one. Okay. And it's close, but I don't think it's as good. Uh, Phil just ended his streak of 26 straight years being top 50. Yeah. That's okay, close. so that's Tiger couldn't do it. Injuries, you know, all off, you yeah. know, just domestic issues and all that kind of stuff. I think that to be that good that long against that competition, you know, no no real injuries, no swing issues, mm-hmm. no marital issues, no anything that yeah. could blow up, right? To be top 50 be one of the top 50 best players in the world for 26 years is unreal unreal it's similar it's the exact same reason i think the tiger record's unreal for the same like tiger never missed a cut which means he didn't get he did get the bad wave which like weather didn't mm-hmm. cooperate because you play early late or late early yep um he got the bad wave but he never it never cost him missing a cut he never tweaked his wrist and just didn't play well or maybe he did and still fought through it he did no, I'm yeah. He Ultimate grinder, did, just Ultimate like grinder. Phil did yeah. have life problems. He did have he didn't maybe have quite the problems that you're like referring. But he in his 26 years, his marriage hasn't been just rainbows and butterflies no. the whole time. No, yeah. I don't I'm not. I don't know anything. No, no. I'm, I'm just, just, just talking from, from illness. You know, his wife right. had breast cancer. Exactly. And all that. Yeah. He had real life stuff going on, just yep. like Tiger did in these tournaments and anything like that. Any longevity stat. I guess is where I'm blown away. One because golf is I fleeting, man. You somebody who's I watched Kevin as my I used him as my example. Kevin Tway I saw the most of him, but watching Kevin Tway play for those years and watch him have he had a one of our best years the year before we won. I think he made 20 out of 24 cuts. I believe That's pretty darn good. It was an impressive year, and we had we had five chances to win, but. When you see these records of 142 cuts, 26 years, I think Corey Pavin was on the PGA Tour. He never lost his card. There's mm-hmm. very few guys, like from the time UCLA till I think UCLA. Yes. Like, uh, but he was 21 until he was 50. Mm-hmm. He never lost his card. And he wasn't a big hitter. You no, know, but just... it's just the, the longevity of that. Mm-hmm. The idea that he, you're saying he just didn't have a – he didn't have a year where – Something happened in his life. Yep. On top of he just wasn't real sharp with his game. And, and it doesn't take much. Like we said at the very beginning of the show, you're talking fractions of a stroke per round can make or break right. your life. And these guys are completely dependent on, like, they have these teams, but they run the show. 
Mm-hmm. And if they have a bad day at home and it coexists with a bad day at the golf course, like how does that not snowball into – I mean, it, it's so, crazy. The, the stats, some of these guys, the long – guys with these long careers, it just really is. It's, it's impressive. And I don't know if you'll see it in the future because of what's happening with the – I don't think it's sustainable – and you don't have to because you're going to make, make some, so much like, money. I think some of Bryson, and this is just my opinion, like his theory is he can't, a doctor can't tell him that he can swing like that for mm-hmm. his whole life. No, it's not sustainable. But he's like, okay, but can I do it for 10 years? Because if I can do it for 10 years, I can I'm probably set. win 100 tournaments yeah, I'll is be what set. he thinks. Yeah. So that you're not going to see those anymore. And so that is, they make it even more impressive to me too. So last question, when you and Kevin or you and Scott Harrington were, were out on the range and you see a new guy or whatever and he just blows you away, you just go, oh, my God, yeah. that's not my bag. Who is this guy? Cameron Champ at Napa, uh, the year we won, mm-hmm. I believe, was his rookie year. Um, he was there, and I didn't really know much about him. I hadn't heard much, but it's a two-sided range. Sure. And – those guys you see them they everyone gathers around and he was he was just cruising and flying it to the other side and even if you're trying to be too too cool for school and you don't want to give the impression that you know you're always looking on the side or you're you're pretending you're messing with a golf glove or whatever but you're really looking and see what that's that's when you know it's when you see like you see bryson when he's guys track man you see guys come up and like you said most guys are scared to give the other guy that credit Uh when you're that special People don't care. They're like, no, I got to see that. Yeah, nobody has that. If you're telling me the guy hits it 350 yards, even somebody like Dustin, who's seen a lot of cool stuff in the golf world, is going to stop and wants to see it. Uh It's different. Because you're still a fan, right? And you're still playing a sport. Yeah, the majority of these guys are. And if these guys are just otherworldly, then you you have to be impressed. And why wouldn't you acknowledge it? These guys, yeah, these guys' whole lives are dedicated to their craft and their trait and their skill. And all of a sudden, there's somebody that's doing it at the highest level. And here's the craziest thing about Cameron Champ. He hits maybe one of the lowest mm-hmm. trajectory tee shots, and it's still carrying over it 300 yards. It's, it's like it's on one of those zip lines. It yeah. just doesn't come down. And that's the some of those guys. We played with Jamie Sedlowski, the yeah. long guy. We played with him at Colonial one year. And he's it's a different level. It's It's crazy when you see it. It's fun. Like, if, if anyone gets a chance, go to a long drive comp. Like, I think. Yeah, on TV, it's not. It doesn't no, register. but what Bryson's going to do for that is going to be amazing because people are going to watch it, and it is. It's interesting. It's cool. It's cool stuff. It's because it's physically seems, doesn't seem right. You don't understand no, how No, gravity's got to take hold at some point, right? Pick up a golf ball and feel how much it weighs and think how can that possibly go 400 yards. Good stuff, Mark Samuel, uh, PGA Tour caddy. And we'll do it. one more segment, and we'll mix with Country Force right after here at Mini of Plano. Talk about the greatness of Cornerstone Club. So Cornerstone Club is this great resort up in Colorado. You take about a two-hour flight to Montrose Airport's direct flight from Dallas, and you take about a 20-minute drive up to the resort, and it is a mecca of aspens and wildlife i saw a bear when i was up there craig and i the cabins are are glorious you can rent them out they're fully furnished you can get your own chef in there if you'd like the course is immaculate it's it's just it's a shangri-la and it's cooler climates even we're dying here in the heat you can go up there and get some fresh air and you can see the stars at night 
There's so much good about Colorado. And even in the wintertime, let's say you get a membership. And it's only ten grand. Now, I say only. That's that's all included with everything. So um, it's worthy if you want to go to that mindset. But now in the wintertime, you can do ATVing. You can do uh, snowmobiling. You can go up to Telluride, which is about 35, 40 minutes away. And you can have full winter sports there. You get all the skiing you'd ever want to do. It's I can't wait to get back there. Cornerstone Club, it's, they treat you great. You feel invigorated even from the beatdown of the summer here. And uh, I think if you give it a look, I think you'll be duly impressed. It's cornerstoneclub.com. Um, I hated to leave it. It was that good. And the flight was just very quick, and it's uh, no fuss, no muss. And I think you'll give it three thumbs up if you got them. Three thumbs up for cornerstoneclub.com. On Sports Radio, 96.7 and 13.10, The Ticket. Well, that was fun today. I enjoyed it. Just being a fan, talking to uh, guys that are in the know, been in the trenches. Mark Samuel, excellent job. Probably lean on you again sometime. Thanks. I had fun. natural. Never know. I don't know about that, but it was fun. And I I, uh, probably rambled a little bit, but... It's uh, no, it always fun good. to get to talk about. So I got to do some cool stuff. I was very fortunate. I got the opportunity to experience a lot of cool things that were. It's kind better of just to ramble to me. than to not. Well, have here's enough. what you're. Well, here's what you're knowing too. Here's what you're seeing. A lot of caddies are starting to get gigs. Yeah. You know, John Wood, mm-hmm. Bones Mackay, because if you can speak and you have some insight. Um, you see a lot more stuff sometimes in the players because you're not hitting the shot. You're observing everything. So there's there's getting to be a pretty good trend in that. Yeah. So you never no, know, man. This could mm-hmm. be your big big springboard. Everybody springboards off the tee box except Craig and I. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people to thank out here. Uh, many of Plano. Don't forget they have the two-door hardtop, the four-door hardtop, the convertible, the club man, and the country man. So they have everything for your for your lifestyle. And I'm telling you right now, if you drive one, you'll be immediately smitten. And if you mention the T-Box when you come by today in Spring Creek Parkway in the Tollway, right by Classic BMW, $500 off right off the top. So there you go. Current out of your engineering. Great job as always, my friend. Thank you, sir. Back at the station, Jay King, Stellar, and Jonathan Dodd, I think you did superb, Lee. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that wasn't him. That was that, that was, was Birmingham. That was, that was Matt. <laughs> did, did Jonathan Dot already blow? Yeah, yeah, he's gone. <laughs> well, he he's, did a good job. Yeah, nah, here he comes. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. There you go. There, there you go. <laughs> That's that what I was expecting. Fake Dodd. He got fake dotted. <laughs> and I also want to thank my uh, friend, my good time friend from 1979, Brad Bassey. He's living, he's visiting in town. He'd come back to see me, and his dad's turning 100. In a couple weeks. Oh, a C so, note. A big C note. Playing a little golf up there at uh, nice. Oakmont <laughs> Country Club. So it's all good here at Mini of Plano. Uh, next week, we will be at Crest Cars right up the road in Frisco. So look forward to that. We'll have Ryder Cup stuff to talk about. I'm sure Craig Bryce will have and Brooks being on a team together. I, so, what do you think about that, Eli? If you really want to change the paradigm and really shake things up, put Bryson and Brooks out together on the first team. Steve Stricker can thank me later. I really feel like this is something that Ty should answer first. I think Hi, that. Ty. Hey, what's up? WWE, baby. <laughs> it would, it's, it's, hey. it's, just one, it's a spectacle, right? Why not treat it as such? You would have a camera on them at all times because yep. you're waiting. You're looking at the uh, body language. You're looking at uh, 
you know, one Everything. guy looking at a guy side-eyed, you know, looking and going. Oh, they you know, play similar games. Yes, they do. They both bomb it. They both uh, can putt. I'd watch I, I, the whole a, time. I think it's a match made in heaven. I wouldn't put him in alternate shot, but I'd put him in dust ball. Yeah, I think putting anybody with Bryson in alternate shot can be a potential disaster because he's likely to leave the golf course a few times with some of those drives. <laughs> Did I read that he is, I guess he's having some, I don't know, issues, but his hand, arm, issues. hand issues because he's getting yeah. ready for the long driving championship or something? Yep. Yeah, well, well he said so. He, maybe he's got he his priorities immersion in, training. Maybe he should and be like Moises Alou. Didn't he used to just pee on his hands to callus him up? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing as putting your hand Gross. in pickle juice. Yeah, yeah it builds up your <laughs> hardens up those calluses. I don't think that's ever been confirmed, has it? That that actually does anything? Don't knock it to well, the you should have to ask him if he's if Moise is still around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. He doesn't still play, obviously, but I believe he's still with us. He's still alive, but he's and he still pees on his hands apparently, but just for fun. <laughs> some some people wash their hands. Some people <laughs> lives, <laughs> You know what the heck? Old maybe habits, it is. Hard maybe it is a disinfectant for all. Seems we know. like a good way to get the COVID. <laughs> did that? I hear peeing on your did, hands? I hear correctly that Eli's been doing some Cowboy pregame. Yes. Yeah, Cowboys Did pregame plus. That? Pregame plus. Which means what? Is that on the stream Just, or is that no, on no, the end the Ocho? No. What are we talking about we got here? The, he, got buried. he got yes. He's on the big station, man. Tomorrow, what, yep. 11 to 1? We're right before live coverage of Pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> or Cornhole. It's going to be a country cartel, right? Yes. Nice. Yeah. We get a muscular one hour tomorrow. From oh, it's noon to one. Okay, noon to one. All right. Yeah. Interesting. We'll have to squeeze quite a bit in in an hour. That's what she said. Okay. Ah, Kern no, like that. Go. I got two today. <laughs> Love Kern. You looking forward to it? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, any yeah. anytime I can jump on the the tickets airwaves, I look forward. He's to got it. scorching HSOs about the Cowboys. <laughs> I don't know how much scorching HSO we'll get into with. It's an time hour, to fire but... Mike McCarthy. Twelve ten. I'm still amazed that he was the number one odds favorite to be the first coach fired this year. I think he's moved down a little bit now. I think he might be fourth. <laughs> what? I think you're getting uh, – you've got the Urban Myers, You've Zimmer. got the Matt Nagy's. You've got the yeah Zimmer for Minnesota. Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Yes, obviously Dan Marino as well. Uh, but he's still up there, and I'm – there's no way that – there's no way Jerry fires him this year. That's what I was thinking. He doesn't want to admit another stick. Here's the thing about Urban Meyer. Once that SC job became open, that opened up my eyes. Because mm-hmm. college is his sweet spot. Very few coaches can migrate successfully from college to pros. And he would be the name. I'm looking at some of these names. I know Eric Bieniemy is great and all that stuff. But SC is a program that was as famous and proud as anyone in the country, and then it's just kind of lost its way, and they're hiring the guys like Clay Helton. And, you know, just not Clay Helton. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, okay, got it. I was thinking of Todd Helton for a second. <laughs> that would have been in story. That would have been. If they, yeah, if they hire him, that would <laughs> be safe. They'd have made player. some news. <laughs> but for somebody like him, marquee name, I mean, SC's got all the funds. They could buy him out of his contract. I don't know. I just He seems like a guy that gets tired of stuff real easily. Well, and if you saw him during that first game, his first game as a pro coach, he was so beaten because yeah. he's not used to being on the, the end of an ass-whipping like that. He's usually administering those. And yeah, he's he, going to lose more games this year than he did in mm-hmm. 10 years at Ohio State. Well, tra- Trevor Lawrence, yeah. that was the first game he had lost – in the regular season, ever, ever, high school, high college, school, never lost. Warner. Yes, never lost. It was kind of like uh, Kyrie uh, Murray, 
right? Didn't he not lose for the longest time? Something like that. Lose? Yeah, he never lost it. Uh, uh, no, he, you know, he didn't he lose in high school. Yeah. yeah, for he three never years. Lost in Allen, he started and he as a never sophomore. lost in Oklahoma. Yeah, that's that's a tall bar, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, you got no place to go but south. But you know, when you lose, it's still nice when you go home and you get to go to bed on that big pile of money. That makes it feel a little bit better. I could deal yeah. with that. I, I lose at everything and get to go home to no money. So. So here's the thing I saw of Urban Meyer. <laughs> Poor guy. Some, yeah, some lady some, was interviewing be worse. him. Some lady was interviewing Urban Meyer at his house, and they showed a picture of him. They posted it on Twitter. Oh, I saw this. On the, on the dining table, they must have had 30 family photos he, all in this staggered setup. It's the weirdest thing His I've house looks seen. like my grandma's house. Because he it had did. he had way too many pillows on the on the couch. He had Not way too old. many pictures on the table. Yeah, he 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 designed his house like a grandma. Did he have plastic yeah. wrap on the couch? I didn't see that. <laughs> the or the cover. or the 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 bowl of beans. Uh, uh, the bowl of candy that gets uh, the Werther's originals ribbon ribbon candy. <laughs> Werther's yeah, Werther's. <laughs> have yourself a Werther's, honey. <laughs> Hope it doesn't spoil your dinner. Uh, ah, good times. There's there's good times all around in there. Oh, so so what do we got today, boys? Man, something. well, to preview what he's going to say tomorrow with his scorching Ooh. HSOs, we're going to talk a little more Cowboys Chargers today. We're going to talk about Eli's fired up about OU Nebraska that's going to get going at 11 o'clock. What? He's going to talk about how Nebraska is going to somehow shock the world and beat his OU Sooners yeah. today. What's the spread? Boy, that is a twenty-two. That is a weird that coffee table that he has. It's like got like seventy-five photos on it, and it's kind of all staggered. It's it's like stadium seating for <laughs> for his pictures. He's just got all these frames of and photos of his family, and he's got this rack on his desk on his table. Oh. It's just the weirdest looking thing. Ever. Yeah, it's strange. Twenty-two anyway. seems really light to me. By the way, twenty-two and a half. I'm looking. I would here. say forty-two would be about the right number on that. And the over-under is 62 and a half. I'd say give me the over. Well, oh, you will get the over Yeah, 60, he'll get 62 of that. <laughs> but, wow, I just remember back in the day being an old, that was prime Oh, prime yeah, that was. Nebraska, OU, and now kid, kid, you know, kids my, my son's age have no clue. I no. mean, I think that, that we can safely say that two of the biggest losses from, you know, Nebraska leaving the Big 12 and then A&M leaving the Big 12 is – you don't get the Nebraska OU game every year anymore, and you don't get A and M in Texas every yep. year anymore. And those are two pretty big rivalries that were lost because of uh, those teams leaving the Big Twelve. So I'm looking forward to today. I mean, I think it probably won't be as competitive a game as uh, you know it once was, but uh, it should be cool just to see all the, the matchup. Yeah, just to see the the two uniforms yeah. on the field together and to see some of the old players that'll be back around i'm sure you'll have they're some doing, of doing the, they're doing a, they're recognizing the as like the greatest game ever they're doing so all the living players are or a lot of the living players are going to be there right doing yeah which will be really cool on the field and the whole deal mm-hmm. how Absolutely. many are left nebraska boss. might want to suit some up the boss. <laughs> he's still there good stuff all yep. right boys we'll carry on and right. uh, eli good luck tomorrow yes sir and I'll see you on uh, Monday for your big vacation. You betcha. All right. All right see you, boys. boys. Be good. Thank y'all. Broadcasting live from the TXU Energy Mothership at Victory Plaza, hard by the AAC, this is Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. KTCK AM Dallas-Fort Worth. KTCK FM Flower Mound.